Hello, I hope you're well and welcome to this, the ninth reflection as we make our way through the Bible. And it covers days 48 to 54 of the Bible reading plan. As I say basically every week, if you've fallen behind, don't worry. Don't feel under pressure to catch up. If you've missed a day or two or a week or two or you're just so far behind, don't panic. Just pick up where you left off. And even if you haven't started it yet, you can pick it up from the beginning. Nobody says you have to start on January the 1st and finish on December the 31st. Oh, and one other thing. You can watch these reflections whether or not you're following the reading plan. I'm not checking. I've got to admit, though, particularly in the Old Testament, we're coming to, shall I say, one of the more challenging sections of the Old Testament. A fair chunk of our readings this week were God giving detailed instructions to Moses about the building of the tabernacle. And in the next week, you'll be moving into Leviticus, which is another story altogether. And it can all feel quite removed from us. And to an extent it is, but hopefully, as we'll see over the next few weeks, not as far removed as we sometimes think. And it is often dealing with concerns that are not that dissimilar to what we have today. But hey, this week we were on the tabernacle. Um, this was a movable tent which travelled with the people of Israel through the wilderness and it endured well into their time in the promised land. It was where they kept the Ark of the Covenant. It was believed to be the throne of God or where God was said to dwell. And the tabernacle is the first of a number of places in the Bible where God is said to dwell. Later it will give way to the temple. Then God will come and pitch his tent amongst us in Jesus. And then Paul tells us to be careful how we treat our bodies because we are the dwelling place of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then the church as a body is also considered the dwelling place of God. And then the Bible lands with God making his home among his people in a new heavens and a new earth. But the tabernacle is the first of these. One of the things I found that linked the readings this week was this idea of participation in the work of God. Throughout the Bible, God is looking for partners in his plan to bless the whole world. And that invitation is extended in the building of the tabernacle. When God begins to instruct Moses about the tabernacle, he says, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offerings for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. And there are three important things about that offering I noticed. Firstly, it wasn't coerced. It was a free will offering. It was for those whose hearts were prompted to give. And secondly, it was generous. The materials they're requested are the best they have. Amongst other things, they include gold, silver, bronze, yarns of blue, purple and scarlet, fine linen, onyx stones and other gems. God wants the best of us. 
The third one's a bit of a spoiler. Uh, you don't get there till day 55. But when they do bring what they have and they do make their free will offerings, it's more than enough. Moses has to say, whoa, 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 stop. Don't bring me any more. Probably the last time a church leader did that. Different people are also set aside for specific aspects of the work. The priests are consecrated in one day, but Bezalel and Aholiab, they're set aside to lead the work of constructing the tabernacle. And Bezalel was said to be full of the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills. To do what? To make artistic designs for working in wood and precious metals, cutting and setting stones and all kinds of crafts. In fact, God goes on to say he has given ability to all the skilled workers. It's an interesting word he uses, wisdom. You kind of think of that as an intellectual thing, although we're kind of aware that sometimes intellectual people aren't always the wisest. We might sort of link it more with common sense, I suppose. But the Bible is so much wider than that. God is interested in how we use all our gifts, not just the obviously gaudy ones. For some, that is practical working with their hands. For some, it might be in catering, preparation of food. For some, it might be their organisational abilities. For others, it might be more the stuff we do front of house on a Sunday, music, worship, preaching, teaching, so on. None of us are left without the possibility of making a contribution if we'll offer it freely. Then in our New Testament readings, we find Jesus sending out the twelve on their first missions without him. We might often think of Jesus as a bit of a Lone Ranger type figure with the disciples looking on, merely amazed, often bewildered. But Jesus never viewed it that way. He knew his time was short and he knows fairly soon God's plan is to make his dwelling place amongst faith communities, that God is going to commission these guys to be the part of his work in the worldwide blessing. He'll be handing his mission on to them. And so here, even whilst Jesus is still with them, he sends them out to get a taster of it. I wonder how they felt that first day. Maybe a bit excited, but a bit apprehensive, I suppose, I would guess. And with good reason. I mean, we read the Gospels and we realise they're far from the finished article. They get stuff wrong just as often as they get it right. But Jesus gets them started. And to their credit, and to their amazement, their efforts were blessed. They might have even thought they were too blessed, because everyone's coming and wanting a bit of them. So Jesus takes them away for some rest. Unfortunately, and I suspect Jesus knew that this was going to be the case, they're not alone when they get to that solitary place. Huge crowds are building up. It's getting late and Jesus feels compassion for them. And the disciples say, well, if you feel so sorry for them, here's a solution. Why don't you send them away so they can get something to eat? Then Jesus drops the bombshell. You give them something to eat. 
And instantly they recognized their inadequacy. Just seven verses previously, they were full of amazement about what they had achieved. And now they're very much aware of their scarcity. Jesus, how do you expect us to do that? It would take more than half a year's wages. As an aside, I find it quite interesting what they said next. They didn't say, you know, we don't have that kind of money. They said, are we to spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Makes me wonder just how much they had. But Jesus says, well, what have you got? Don't just tell me nothing. Go and check. And when they bring him what they have and offer it freely, it is more than enough. I reckon we can all feel that way from time to time. We're faced with whatever challenges lies before us and we look at the resources and our first thought is, we can't. What we have to offer, well, it kind of just looks like a few loaves and fish. And there's a whopping big crowd of 5,000 there. Maybe we need to hear Jesus ask, well, what have you got? Have a look. Don't just tell me nothing. Check it out. Because God has room for all our gifts. There's no room to be snobby about some of them or have an inferiority complex about our own gifts. Just as it was the freely given offerings of all the people that went towards building the tabernacle, so it is as we come together, freely offering what we have, giving it our best, that the body of Christ, the church, is built up. And when that happens... I truly believe that God can use us to do far more than we ask or imagine. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you trust us to be part of your ongoing work of blessing the world. Help me to be honest about what you have given to me. Help me to handle it well to offer it freely and generously, trusting that in your hands it will be more than enough. And as we work together, may we see the body of your church built up. And as we work together, may we catch a glimpse of your kingdom coming amongst us. Amen. Grace and peace be with you.